Hey, to all of our listeners, today's episode is extra special for us, and I'm going to tell you why. This episode is going to be hosted by Jack Lorenzen. Jack was an incredible human being, somebody who would light up a room, and unfortunately, we, we lost him on Christmas Eve of 2022. He was so excited about doing this podcast. So so excited, in fact, that we had plans for him to do his own, working with the guests that you're going to see him work with. He had recorded two episodes, this one that you're about to listen to, and another one that we're going to release in February. And we want to dedicate those episodes to him and dedicate one episode every month to him from here on out. Jack was a close friend. He was an amazing human being. And if you don't know enough about Jack, he was a customer experience advocate, helping people grow in their career. And just so amazing at what he did. This one's for you, Jack. Hey to all of our listeners out there, this month's sponsor of Spamming Zero is High Operator. We had Liz Sai, who is their CEO, on our podcast just a few weeks ago. If you haven't checked that out, make sure you do that. It's amazing. Great episode. We talk about customer service agents. We talk about lifetime value. Talk about a lot. So who's High Operator? I'm going to read directly from the website that High Operator has. This is a beautiful statement. I love what Liz says here. Customer service is a core pillar of most businesses. It's also one of the hardest parts of the business to scale. Hiring is time-consuming, training is time-consuming, and volume varies by season. And documentation is constantly in flux. All true. Agree 100%. They started High Operator to make delivering customer service easy. Our mission is to help companies deliver excellent, scalable customer service effortlessly. Our clients can focus on their products and services, and their customers get a great experience when they need help. High Operator provides a complete customer service as a service solution. Through the power of High Operator's human plus AI technology, client conversations are handled faster and more accurately. The end result, they deliver amazing customer service, making companies and their customers happy. That's why they exist. That came directly from Liz. Here's some other fun little stuff that I really like that they do. Some value add here, right? So train us once. We handle all the recruiting, hiring, and training moving forward. Never have to deal with another classroom retaining or headcount headaches. High operate. They say this. Send us conversations. Send us tickets. We pull the tickets automatically from your preferred CRM. And then you have full control over how and when those tickets are used. Another one, paper resolution. This is something we do at Flip as well. Charge for the conversation that we actually solve. Um, no onboarding fees, no hourly rates, pay for what you use. This is High Operator. They're this month's sponsor. My name is Jack Lawrence and I'm a senior manager of CX here at Brooklinen. Today, I have Ben Bradley with me, who's the senior manager of e-commerce at Francis Valentine. And hey, before, thank you for being here, Ben. I'm so yeah. excited. Likewise. Thanks for having me. Excited um, to talk. 
Ben, please tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, so I am the senior e-com manager here at um, a company called Francis Valentine. Uh, I was an original employee, so I was hired back in 2016 um, when the company launched. Uh, and just a little bit of background um, of Francis Valentine. It was uh, started by Kate and Andy Spade and original Kate Spade founder and Katie's best friend, Elise Ahrens. Um, they had sold Kate Spade back in 2007 and after taking some time off and, you know, growing their families and just kind of taking a step back and enjoying life, they decided that they wanted to kind of get back into the world of fashion. So therefore came um, Francis Valentine. Uh, I was hired as the customer service and operations manager and over the last seven years have moved into a few different roles now, like I said, landing me into the uh, senior econ manager position. I think we can make a, a connection right off the bat between you and I just being at the same business for so long because I have had the pleasure to work with the Brooklyn and team for almost seven years. So um, today we're going to be talking about building careers in CX and I'm so excited to talk about this topic. Um, I think I've seen this topic talked about in the space. I've seen, you know, as I see more and more people posting on LinkedIn, having their own podcast conversations, webinars, whatever it may be, we're really, really getting into the weeds of building careers in this space, which is so mm -hmm. exciting. And yeah. I think brand loyalty is something that we wanted to talk about today. So how do we feel like brand loyalty feeds into creating a, a career in CX? Because I think it's a huge, it's a huge component of that. Yeah, I mean, I think the overall gist of CX is really just kind of taking a look at the total customer journey that they have and all of the different touch points that they have and, you know, coming to the website all the way through purchasing the product and receiving that product. And so ultimately, you want all those different areas of the business and all those different touch points to be optimized and performing the best they can and having things be simple for the customer. And, you know, all of that creating a good experience for the customer is going to lead you with went to having built a loyal customer base. I know that we both had days in our careers at our businesses where it might have not felt like the most productive to stick around, maybe. Um, have you had days like that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that everyone, like you just said, everyone has those days. And if you don't aren't having those days, I'd love to know what you do for work. Um, <laughs> I would be I'd be a little bit curious about that, but yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, customer service and CX in general, it, it's definitely you're going to have some challenges and curveballs thrown your way and, and no day is going to be perfect. So, yeah, certainly I've had some frustrating experiences where I've, you know, questioned certain things or definitely had a tough day. I think celebrating, celebrating wins is so huge to keeping sure. a team engaged. And I mean, I could speak on this, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on any ways that you're currently celebrating wins, especially at this time of year. Um, I think just something that's super simple, but I think the fact that it, since it is simple, it kind of gets overlooked is just like, you know, positive reinforcement or like celebrating a win right in that moment and not, you know, waiting for a monthly meeting or a weekly recap or, I mean, at Francis Valentine, where even though we've been in business now for seven years, we're still a leaner company. So we are in constant communication throughout the day. And so I really do my best to try to, you know, celebrate those wins in the moment and, you know, tell an agent that they did a great job or congratulate them for converting to a sale or if they share a positive customer story that they had that day, you know, recognizing that. So I think that that just, you know, getting that kind of in the moment, like 
recognition is super important because that pushes you through the day. And then it also kind of lets your team members know that you're paying attention to what they're doing every day and, you know, that you're mindful of that. So I think that that is is something that's really easy to do and it might go overlooked a little bit. And then on a broader scope, just making sure that other teams in the company that might not be as closely involved with the customer journey are aware of the hard work that's going in and the victories that the, you know, the customer service and CX teams are having. And so maybe a monthly meeting or weekly recaps is a more appropriate time for that, but really just like communicating these wins and, and letting them know like that the hard work is appreciated and is not going unnoticed. Do you think it's easier to do that because we were sitting in the seats of our that our agents are sitting in right now? Yeah, absolutely. I, I I personally, I just I know how much it means to you know get a piece of positive feedback or you know get a thank you or hear that something I did was valued or like resulted in a success or a win for the company. So I mean, growing from that as starting as an agent and then sort of moving my my way up throughout different roles in ecom. I had that experience of, you know, loving those like positive reinforcement moments. And so I do the best that I can to make sure that I'm like giving those moments to the agents and the other people on my team, exactly like you just said. I love that. I completely agree. I think I remember days where I was I was mostly on the phone. So I would I would come in and we were only taking voicemails at a certain point just because we couldn't even man a live phone like hotline, if you will. Uh-huh. And I came in and there were 75 voicemails that were that were really just for me to take on that day. So I would say, you know, getting even a quick Slack message from my boss, like, hey, you know what, I actually listened to that phone call from across the office, or hey, I actually went into our recordings and checked out a phone call from last week, you crushed it. And like that, we're not even talking about rewards. I'm not even talking about like, we used to give gift cards. We use a platform right now called Snappy where we send out rewards, uh, you know, in a very streamlined fashion. But like just having, having that feedback in real time, like, hey, I know that you had 75 calls to get back to this morning, but you're doing a great job. Like it changes. It doesn't just change your day. It changes like the outlook of the entire job for the week ahead, for the month ahead, for the quarter Mm -hmm. ahead. And that's, I think, and I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on this piece as well, of course. But I think when we work in such fast moving spaces and our pace is just, we, we set goals, we, we complete, we, you know, fulfill those goals, but after that, we're kind of just on to the next goal and something that mm-hmm. I consistently challenge my team on and something that I like to lead with is celebrating wins every step of the way. I need to take time to celebrate them or else they're not going to want to stick around. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And like you were saying, just giving them that positive reinforcement, it's not just changing their day, it's sort of changing their entire outlook. And I think that it just motivates them to want to continue to do a good job and you know, maybe take that extra step or go the extra mile to continue to try to further their career or, you know, just continue to put in that extended effort. So getting that recognition is is super vital. So you just said something so important and it's getting that recognition is really what, you know, ultimately feeds into creating a long lasting role in this space. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we obviously want to talk about today. So yeah. switching switching gears a little bit. Building a career in CX. I'm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so hyped to talk about it. And I know that we've had some nuggets already of, of feeding into this topic. But I mean, what even comes like for me personally, at, you know, 
before I started working at Brooklinen and I was at a customer experience consulting firm in Hackensack, New Jersey. But before I got to Brooklyn and I almost thought of CX as a career could be looked at as like an oxymoron. Like how could you make a career out of something that might not be the most rewarding or might feel like you're being tasked with the the angriest or most just disgruntled customers because something went wrong in the order path or the total order journey or in shipping or whatever it may be. So for you personally, like what comes to mind when you think about building a, a career in CX and how does that apply to like, once again, you personally? Yeah. So I think like starting with what you just said, I do, I do think that a lot of people sort of look at a career in CX as something very almost closed-minded or really only one area of opportunity, which I think people just assume is just being the customer service agent and kind of on the receiving line of calls or tickets or emails or however these companies are handling these customer service inquiries. So I think that it can seem almost a little bit closed off and not really possible to make a career. But when, you know, really taking a look at all the different components of CX and all the different things that go into it, you sort of realize that, that that's really just one component and, and teaming up and working with other, you know, team members within the company and, and other departments that are vital to this customer journey, whether it's, you know, the, the creative team making sure that all the assets are, are, you know, up on the website or in the creative. And then, you know, we have our digital marketing, making sure that messages are being created and ads are running appropriately and product and development, taking customer feedback and giving it to them to, you know, maybe make improvements to products. Or I think that, you know, taking that initial mindset of it's kind of only one facet to this and kind of getting that out of your head would really, you know, lean positively into someone wanting to build a career in CX because there's so much more that goes into it. I like how earlier you mentioned looping in other teams so that they can really get, a whether it be a monthly, you know, full team-wide meeting where CX has a seat at the table where we say, here's all the things that happened at the business. Here how they, here's how they translated into how our agents were working. And here's why our SLAs were affected, for example, right? Yeah. But how, what other ways can we really think about really driving that value and making that value known to other teams? Because mm -hmm. when I think about and I've talked about some of our other teams on, you know, previous podcasts or on a webinar, maybe like every single team at Brooklyn and has a very specific role at the business. And, yeah. but they're just so all over that. Like the creative team is doing a lot of work before Black Friday, for example, you know, they're yep. getting in all the assets they're doing. That's like their summer really is getting prepared for Black Friday. Right. And we're mm -hmm. more in real time. So just, you know, brainstorming right now, like what are ways that we could, make CX more widely valued at any company. I do think that at a company of like Francis Valentine size, the fact that we are small, just keeping that open line of communication open with it within all the different teams in the company yeah. and, you know, continuing to monitor the projects that they might've been working on, even if they're finished, like you just said, very similar at Francis Valentine, all the creative and stuff for Black Friday, Cyber Monday ads were secured and sent and ready to deploy weeks before, but then they're moving on to the next task. So I think just continuing to, you know, monitor something that might not be in the picture at the moment, but then following back up on the success of that effort that was put in and kind of closing that loop is super important. And I think you touched on a little bit earlier too. It's that, you know, it's kind of, we complete one thing and it's on to the next and then complete it and then on to the next. So 
I think making sure that we're not losing sight of what we did in the past and like the results that came from that and still speaking to that is, is super important. Yeah. And just keeping that communication open. And, and I know at least personally, everyone at FFE really likes to hear about other areas of the business. And we do do our monthly meetings where, you know, all the different departments have a seat at the table and really just reiterating all of those successes and things that each department hit home, I think is, is probably the most obvious way, but it's interesting when someone on another team reaches out to a leader on my team, let's say they reach out to me and say, Hey, one of my friends had a bad shipping experience. And it's like, I wish that there were maybe more ways to highlight the things that aren't going so perfectly because we, we were, we're running a business that is moving a million miles a minute. I'm so mm. thankful about that, by the way. Like, I'm so that I know you're thankful to be at Francis Valentine. I'm so thankful to be at Brooklyn and we believe in the product. That's so important. But like, I think creating an atmosphere where you can highlight some of the things that aren't going so well is what makes the good stuff that much more powerful and that much more impactful. Because mm -hmm. if we're just, you know, if we're just telling everyone that we're getting back to customers, you know, if our first reply time on a monthly basis on chat, for example, is under X seconds, like, it, that's a great update. I'm so proud of my team for doing that. But I also want to highlight the things that we could improve on so that everyone feels like they're really involved in building that success because I need to make them feel what we're feeling on the CX side. And it's not like it's a dumb, like CX is like, we run really, you know, impactful and productive teams. Once again, mm -hmm. so proud to say that, but I just, I think highlighting some of the, like, it's like core competencies and it's our core rigidities. It's the things that we might not be so good at. So let's create an atmosphere of highlighting those things so that, yeah. so that when we really are ready to talk about the positives, they're that much more impactful to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point. I think, you know, trying to also focus on making sure that the culture that's being built at your company is, you know, feels like a safe space and that, you know, people are comfortable across departments coming to you. And maybe, like you said, highlighting a poor, you know, shipping experience that they had or someone at the store walked out and realized that the item they bought had a rip in it and they didn't see it. So that we had a damaged product on the floor or something like that, making sure that people feel safe and comfortable to address maybe some other areas that might not be doing so well. Like you said, it's super important because even if there was a mistake or, you know, one API or something isn't performing as strong as others, it's still a learning experience and you can take something from that and improve on that. And like you said, when you're able to address something that's not going so well, when you have victories and, you know, big successes and wins to talk about it, just, it does make it that much more rewarding to address those. Taking a step back, going back these, like, obviously we're talking about some really important items today and how this feeds into our careers in CX. We've both been out of business for a really long time. We've stuck you know, through ups and downs, through different eras of success, if you will. But I think it's so powerful that we're still in this CX seat. And I think one of the things I wanted to definitely mention today is that people do look at a role in CX as a stepping stone. It's that first, you know, entrance into a business, you feel it out, you get to learn about the customer, you get to learn about how multifaceted it is all the other teams that are coming in and affecting your role, but like, mm -hmm. then it's time to move on to a new role, you know? So yep. what, what, what are your thoughts on CX as a stepping stone? Because I, I want to break down this stigma. I honestly, I think that 
it's it's one of like the best opportunities that someone can have because like you just said it kind of is that initial entryway and it does lend you so much exposure to other areas of the business and like i was kind of alluding to earlier like you start to realize that so much more goes into like the overall customer experience than just replying to an email or a ticket or a message that we get on social or and I think that like the stigma of it being a stepping stone really shouldn't be a stigma at all because it, the the fact that you're able to sort of get a bunch of outside experience outside of the role you were hired for is so valuable, you know, at your current company or a future company and using that to maybe get to another area of the business that you're interested in learning about or maybe pursuing a career in that that experience is something that I think a lot of people maybe wish that they could have and they feel like they might be a little bit pigeonholed in their current position. And so I, I don't think that anyone should really be looking at it as a, as a bad thing, you know, taking this and maybe launching it into another aspect of your career. So much resonates with me from that. And it's like the pride factor, right? Being proud to have this multifaceted role where we're getting to hear about so many other parts of the business and like a decision made by another team directly affects what our colleagues are working on in CX. So mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. And I mean, in terms of maybe like any anecdotes or any stories that you have just simply around like, hey, like I am in the right place being in CX and what comes to mind? I think um, even going back to like when I was hired and was doing more so of the agent level work, I think getting recognition from customers directly, just hearing, you know, someone, you know, they they call in and they got the order and then they just want to let me know how much they appreciated, like how easy the experience was and how helpful I might have been in determining a size or a color or you know, following up on a shipment that might've been delayed or like hearing those, you know, personal messages from customers that you helped along the way to get the product. Um, that was always, was always super rewarding. And yeah, that's, that's something that I always really appreciated. And then, and then hearing, you know, feedback or, or, you know, recognition from other areas within the company, if you're you know, giving some insights as to what customers are looking for or sizing or things like that and conveying that, and then seeing those changes get implemented, that's, that's also a super rewarding part of, of my journey. And I think an overall journey within CX. I remember seeing like reviews early on when I was at, was when I was an agent and it was like my phone call with Jack, like turned around my entire day. Like that's yeah. what kept me going in CX. Yeah, it really did. I actually had, I saw a review that came through that mentioned me specifically like a few weeks ago. And I was kind of surprised because I'm not so directly involved in the day-to-day -day communications sure. with customers anymore, but like I said, we wear all hats, so it's it's certainly not out of the question. And it was, you know, even though it might not be my like main responsibility anymore, yeah, it's just seeing that recognition, even if you years transitioned out of that role, is it's it's rewarding and it's nice to know that you made someone feel good. And that's definitely the goal here at Francis Valentine is you know to to make our customers happy and provide products that make them happy. So I want to spend a little bit of time on this because it's important. And but I I think it's. It's something that needs to be talked about from when we think about starting a career in CX, sometimes the salaries are not attractive, especially in as you know, looking at consumer behavior as a whole right now, the way that the market's acting, people looking for CX entry level roles, and maybe mm -hmm. even breaking down the the stigma around entry level, because at this point, I look at my I look at my in-house CX associates as well as my remote CX associates. They are 
they're technically extremely apt. They have to work with a bunch of different platforms. So the way I see it is like, we can keep pushing to to create a salary that's a little bit more attractive. And it's really reflecting what this role is about. Because Mm -hmm. when we, you know, I'll speak for myself for a second, when I started this role in 2016, we were really just manning live channels and emails. And yes, we had to do some background work with some systems, but to look at our tech stack today and what we really expect and, you know, expect is the key word, what we really expect our agents to be, you know, proficient in would be mm-hmm. a a text that, like a very large group of platforms. So mm-hmm. uh, what are what are your thoughts on on this the idea of entry level when it comes to CX and the salary that associates itself with something that's entry level? I think starting with with entry level, I think it goes back to a little bit of what I was saying. I think that the term like right off the bat sort of might seem unappealing. Because it just, you know, like you were saying is, is you know, you were looking at your your employees and you're saying that like they're technical uh, like enough and they can do so much more than maybe on paper what an entry level job like might say is required of them. But I think just um, looking at entry level as like an opportunity, like you said, to kind of get your foot in the door. And even though it may be a starting point that you might not want to be in right away, it's you got your foot in the door and then you're going to start to get all that experience that we were just saying is so vital. And it's not an end all be all, you know, I think if anything, it's, it's okay. Like I, I did well in my interview. I got the job. I'm part of this team. Now I can really start to show the skills that I have and I can go above and beyond. And, and I think that that kind of leads into salary. And and I, I do think that an entry level salary, like you were saying, should maybe be a little bit higher to reflect the level of work that is expected. And and like you were saying, when I started in the the customer service manager role in 2016, yeah, we were we didn't really have very many systems in our tech stack at all. We were using Magento. Main cu- customer emails were coming directly into my personal Francis Valentine email. We weren't using like a ticket managing system or a returns portal. And, you know, over the course of now seven years, you look at the tech stack and all the different, you know, f- tools that we're using, like Flip and Gorgeous and Loop and, um, you know, inventory management systems and all these things that people are starting to get skills on, but might not be rewarded for right away with the entry level. I, I do think that an entry level salary should be a little bit higher and that people should maybe start to realize that someone that might get an entry-level job is really capable of doing so much more. It's so important that not only are we celebrating the wins of our CX team by, you know, really highlighting what our colleagues are doing, it's we need to celebrate them in terms of compensation as well. And Mm -hmm. if we're having, you know, personally, if I have colleagues that are moving to New York City to to be a part of this team, we do have to think about things like that as well, where they live, the the living expenses, yeah, cost of living, everything. So in terms of like team structure, so shifting gears a little bit, because team structure, I think is is another really important aspect when a colleague is thinking about building out a career on the team. Hey, there's this many people above me. My manager is this role, whatever it may be. Um, Here's my growth path that I'm like thinking about in my head right now, or the one that makes sense after talking with your manager about it, of course. But for you personally, what comes to mind when you think about your team structure and maybe personally for you, how you moved up the ladder? Like I was saying a bit earlier, we're definitely a little bit smaller on the scale of mm-hmm. company size. So 
we really only started to hire more per se within the last year, year and a half. We've seen some growth in terms of employee size. So our teams have always been a little bit smaller, but I think that um, like the higher ups and directors and our CEO, they've, they've done a really good job of hiring, you know, sort of those like high level people and then building the, the necessary roles underneath them. And I think that like, while we're still like smaller and scale compared to other companies, I think something to think about in when building out CX teams is just making sure that, you know, your, your roles are clearly defined and that you have someone within that team that's going to be covering all those bases. Because like we said, you know, customer experience, it's not just one lane. There's so many different areas of the business that that touch this overall customer journey. So making sure that everyone within the company, different part departments like aside have their like you know specific role set and like what they're responsible for so that way all these different areas of the business are being covered and that way like your team is uh you know operating it the most like successfully that it's that it can and and you know really streamlined and and for me personally i think that yeah just like being brought in at that entry level position and starting out really as an agent and then as the business has continued to grow we've been able to expand that team and um, I've always just been very vocal about wanting to move up and and ultimately, you know, I would love to be in a director position, but, you know, I've gone from manager to senior manager. So having that kind of defined career path and then being able to be, have an open communication process or, you know, open dialogue with the higher ups that are above you and let them know what you're interested in is also really important. And I've been very fortunate to work with people who have been very supportive of me and vocal of things that I would like to, you know, be involved in or something that I would like to eventually get to help out with. And I think that that is, that's really important too, to, you know, know that you have a team that's willing to have your back and help you progress in your career. I'm lucky enough to say the same exact thing. But what's such an important aspect of that idea is the work we need to do personally to create a, a, a growth path in, in CX. Mm -hmm. So yep. I mentioned, I've mentioned this in the past and I, I'm very passionate about talking about this. So I'm happy to mention this again. And when I had my aha moment with my boss at the time when I was really just, Hey, I want to manage what a big part of my job is managing our remote team relationships. And mm -hmm. something that I'm so proud of is that the they are perfect extensions of my business. From a customer's perspective, there is no difference in the service you're getting from a remote team colleague versus an in-house team colleague. And that's taken a lot of planning and a lot of work to create a holistic and consistent CX experience or customer experience. But that's that's really something that I was passionate in was support supporting my team by way of building it out so that we can offer things like 24 seven live chat, but also really thinking about what I really wanted out of it. I wanted the people management aspect, right? That's, that's something that I'm so passionate about. And also from a customer's perspective, really not letting them see that there was any difference because they are perfect. Once again, extensions of my business, but that uh, a career path didn't really exist until I really put that idea out there for my boss, you know? So how, how did that, how did that kind of come about in, in your world? Yeah. So I think that once, once a business started to grow, like I said, when, when I was hired, we were doing everything very kind of bare bones. Like I said, it was, it was really just direct emails coming in and we didn't really have sort of these platforms or tools that were 
organizing all of the tickets and, you know, making a return more simple and automating things. And um, so once once the business started to grow and customer service volume started to increase, I, I was kind of vocal about wanting to sort of move away from the, the direct one-to-one customer interaction. And I wanted to focus on these systems that like needed to be implemented in order to, you know, enhance the customer experience and make the job of customer service agent easier. And um, as we started to look at different options for returns processing or, you know, customer ticket management and even phone with flip and and things like that, uh, I was sort of tasked with going out and looking for these different platforms and what is best in practice and then, you know, presenting different options and ultimately with with what we would decide, I kind of started to get into the role of learning these systems and then training our agents and things like that. So kind of looking for ways to grow the the department that I started in is what I started to be vocal about. And I've always been a very like system oriented and detailed person. Like I learned those sorts of things quickly and I like figuring out ways that we can optimize systems that we have. And so kind of realizing that there was, you know, starting to be an opportunity to grow that department and add things to make that department, you know, operate more efficiently is sort of how I started to begin my career path here at Francis Valentine. I very much respect that. Thanks. That really came into play because that was a passion that you had and you really took that on and so that your manager could facilitate it, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly. Yeah, and then going back to to communication and you know feeling like you can go to your boss or you know just express those things. It's it's one way to get you forward. And if you're not letting you know other employees or other people in the company know what your future aspirations are, then they're not going to be aware. So, I mean, I encourage anyone in a CX role to to look for those opportunities and express interests and where else that they might be able to go. Because, like we said, entry level is not forever, right? It's absolutely really it's a door opening for you. What do we think about when we think about uh, with everything that we've talked about today? Like when we go into any sort of hiring in 2023, you know, hypothetically, we go into hiring. What are we really looking for when it comes to these CX associates or anyone that you're bringing on your team for that matter? It could be at any level. What kind of things are we really looking for when it comes to personal attributes? I mean, I think right off the bat is, is, you know, you want someone who has like worked with teams or is, you know, kind of has a teamwork mindset because it is so important to be able to work cross-functionally. So I think that that kind of, you know, willing to work with other people mindset is super important. Um, I think critical thinking is super important. You know, oftentimes in CX roles, we're throwing curveballs or, you know, a, a system glitch happens and there's order errors or so, you know, just being able to jump into a task head on and think of different solutions. And and then in terms from that, start to, you know, think more proactively and how we might be able to avoid, you know, certain um, problems similar to that in the future is super important. Like you were saying, just, I think like with all of the tech that's out there, currently and in so many different things that you can add to your business i think like having a certain level of technical skill is important because things are ever changing and you know you might have one platform that's best in practice and then a few months later it's not the best in practice and something might be less costly but more efficient for you and so being able to like adapt to those changes and learn new technical skills i think is also super important because those systems are are super imperative to like the overall customer journey those are a few that initially come right to mind for me. I echo exactly what you said with some of the attributes that you put forth or all of the attributes you put forth. Mine for me is that I 
am so passionate about with my directs, with anyone that I've managed in my career, it's do not be afraid to fail. Do mm-hmm. not be afraid to make a mistake. And it sounds cliche. It sounds like something you're going to hear at the end of <laughs> like a, a Disney movie or something. But like, but it's so I, true. It's so, I, I can't have colleagues on my team that are afraid to, to own a mistake because mm-hmm. some of the mistakes that I've owned in my career have made me exactly who I am today. And I'm proud to be a CX leader today with some of these mistakes in mind. Um, yeah. One of the first examples I give, uh, anyone joining my team it's like we were on desk.com back in like i think it was like 2016 2017 i I don't even know what desk.com i think desk.com i don't even know what it is at this very moment however i don't know if i'm (laughs) super old ticketing platform but i left an internal note for my manager justin at the time and instead of an internal note that was like hey justin i need you to check this one over for me i sent it right to the customer and like that was on like day two and that's i remember beating myself up over it and then i think i think even justin at the time was like there are going to be so many mistakes that are made in your career and it's really not about sitting around and being upset about them it's really just using it as a catapult to move forward yeah recognizing it, taking ownership of it, realizing that like we're, I like to tell my agents this all the time too, is we're, we're all human, you know, it's to, to expect someone to perform at a hundred percent and, you know, not, not make a mistake. I mean, a mistake is a mistake. It wasn't intentional. Things happen. And yeah, like you said, it, it's not something to beat yourself up about and dwell on and, and linger in the past. It's own it. What can we learn from it? And then keep yourself moving forward because every everybody makes mistakes. Absolutely, myself included. I've I've done something very similar to that. I've sent an email to a customer I intended to go to another employee. Sure. I've left a few products on, like continue to sell without stock. So we've oversold a few items in my my seven years, and you know then having to go and break the news to those customers or try to find stores to fill. And, and yeah, and it's, it's things happen and it's just, you know, recognizing it, learning from it and continuing to grow. It's so I'm happy that we could end on this point right here. Huge part of creating both of our careers in CX has been owning mistakes so that we can learn from them. And that's, Absolutely. that's paramount, paramount. Um, ben, it has been such a pleasure to have you on. 